0: After emerging from COVID-induced isolation, Joe Biden tests positive again and goes back into isolation. Democrats cheer their inaptly named Inflation Reduction Act, and John Stewart yells at the Republicans some more. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online data the way that I do today at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. Well, speaking of ExpressVPN... What if there was someone out there who kept a log of all the things you did every single minute of the day, kept track of you all the time? I'm not talking about God or Santa Claus here. I'm talking about the government. I'm talking about big tech. They are keeping track of you, and they are doing this passively. They are being very quiet about it. But here's the thing. You don't have to give them your data because you can be using the same VPN that I did to protect my data online. That's ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see or log what you do online. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, wait. If I'm rooting all my data through a VPN, aren't they keeping track of what I'm doing? Well, For many other free VPNs, they they actually do do that, but not ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is the only VPN I trust because they use trusted server technology. They were the first major VPN provider to engineer all of their VPN servers to run in RAM. This makes it impossible for their VPN servers to store any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customer. You don't have to take my or ExpressVPN's word for it. ExpressVPN is so confident in their no-logs claim. They even had one of their biggest assurance firms, PWC, audit their technology. It's no wonder The Verge named ExpressVPN the number one VPN on planet Earth. I love ExpressVPN. You will too. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online today. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash Ben right now. Find out how you can get three months for free. That's expressvp slash Ben. Again, ExpressVPN.com slash Ben to learn more. Well, bad news for Joe Biden. So Joe Biden apparently said that he had tested negative for COVID, but then apparently he tested positive again for COVID. There is some suggestion that the Paxlovid that he was taking had suppressed the positive test and that he was never actually negative for COVID. According to CNBC.com, President Biden on Saturday tested positive for COVID again after consecutive days of testing negative for the virus, according to his physician. Biden is experiencing no new symptoms, continues to feel quite well. According to Dr. Kevin O'Connor, in a memo shared by the White House, he will nevertheless reinitiate strict isolation procedures, according to the presidential physician. Now, Part of the problem here is that the standards for the CDC here are incredibly dumb because the reality is there are a lot of people who still have dead virus that is going to cause them to test positive for covid long after the symptoms for covid are gone and long after the covid that they have has stopped being transmissible, which demonstrates more about the standards than it does about Joe Biden. Biden tweeted, quote, folks, today I tested positive for COVID again. This happens with a small minority of folks. I've got no symptoms. I'm going to isolate for the safety of everyone around me. I'm still at work. We'll be back on the road soon. Well, I mean, honestly, maybe the best presidential strategy for him at this point is to simply stay off the road for like the rest of his presidency. After all, it worked amazing for him during the campaign. So if he can just claim that he's positive for COVID without any symptoms for the rest of his presidency, it'll probably benefit him since the more of him that people see, the less of him they like. O'Connor had previously warned of the potential of a rebound in positive test results, which is a phenomenon among a small percentage of patients who use the antiviral medication Paxlovid as part of their treatment. Biden had accordingly, quote, increased his testing cadence, both to protect people around him and to assure early detection of any return of viral replication. The president tested negative for COVID on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but tested positive on Saturday morning from an antigen test. This, in fact, represents rebound positivity, the doctor wrote. So, apparently... He's still feeling fine. There's no danger to him. Obviously, that's a good thing. But again, it demonstrates the stupidity of our standards when it comes to COVID more generally. Now, meanwhile, the Democrats are are kidding themselves because they apparently believe that there is about to be a prospect for turnaround in the Democratic midterm possibilities based on the amount of spending that they are doing. Now, that's not going to be the case because we are now technically in a recession. And most Americans feel really, really nervous about the economy by polling data. Some between 70 and 80% of Americans believe that the country is moving in the wrong direction. Those are not good numbers for the incumbent administration. So they have a two-pronged strategy. One is happy talk your way through the recession. And the second is spend a lot more money, which is kind of an amazing thing. Because again, in order to spend a lot more money, you're going to have to, one, raise taxes, and two, reflate the currency. You're going to have to blow money into the economy, which creates upward pressure on inflationary statistics which actually exacerbates the sort of stagflationary cycle that we are currently in. Well, part number one is taken care of by the media, who are going to continue to maintain that the economy is doing gangbusters business. Paul Krugman, who's been wrong about every economic issue for the last 20 years, he was on with Brian Stelter on CNN. He maintains not only is there no recession, but even if there were a recession, it wouldn't matter.
1: None of the usual criteria that real
2: experts use says that we're in a recession right now. And what does matter, what, Yeah, the state of the economy is what it is. Uh, Jobs are abundant, although maybe the job market is weakening. Inflation is high, though maybe inflation is coming down.
1: What does it matter whether you use the R word or not?
0: Well, I mean, it matters an awful lot, considering that it's one of the most politically toxic words in America. If you say that we are in a recession, then people understand very quickly that the economy is not doing particularly well. But of course, Brian Stelter knows this over reliable sources over on CNN. And Paul Krugman knows this, which is why he keeps saying it. He keeps saying that recession doesn't matter because he knows that recession does matter. But Democrats are now on the upswing, according to the Democrat, According to their friends in the press, everything is going fine. So New York Magazine says, quote, all of a sudden, Democrats who have been depressed or even panicked about their prospects of surviving the 2022 midterm elections without a major shellacking are having second happier thoughts. There are a number of reasons for the sudden spring in the party's step. The big psychological boost has been the zombie reappearance of a fiscal year 2022 budget reconciliation bill, now optimistically dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act, that includes swing voter-pleasing Medicare prescription drug negotiation powers, along with base voter gratifying climate change provisions. Jonathan Chait, over at New York Magazine, reflected the views of many left of center observers when he said the deal brokered by Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin could quote mean the once moribund Biden presidency will suddenly be very alive. Other encouraging indicators are less subjective. The generic congressional ballot, a polling question, simply asking voters which party they want to control Congress. And the most predictive data point for actual midterm results is now showing a modest Republican lead, all but disappearing. The GOP lead is at 0.2% in the 538 averages and 0.9% at Real Clear Politics. There's even been very slight upward bounce in Joe Biden's job approval rating. Also, if you look at some of the new sort of data on specific Senate races, There's some bad news for Republican nominees in places like Georgia because Herschel Walker has problems. Mehmet Oz is having problems in Pennsylvania. It's unclear who exactly is going to be the Republican nominee in Arizona. Republicans have some problematic candidates for governor in places like Pennsylvania and in Arizona. But of course, there are some pretty significant underlying drag components to the current political conversation, and this is why. What what is really sort of floating the Democratic boat here is not the polling data. It is the notion instead that somehow spending more money is going to fix this. So They are all hot and bothered, very, very, very hot on the idea that this quote quote unquote inflation reduction act is going to fix all of their problems. So what exactly happened here? There was a there's a giant bill. We are talking about hundreds of billions of dollars in spending. Joe Manchin, who'd been concerned about both deficits and inflation, he said that he was not going to sign on to Build Back Better, but now he's signing on to this. So why exactly is he signing on to this Inflation Reduction Act? And what exactly is the Inflation Reduction Act in the first place? Well, first of all, it's another one of these misnamed acts. So Democrats come up with names for the acts that really have nothing to do with the content of the act. Right? Build Back Better had nothing to do with actual infrastructure. Inflation reduction has nothing to do with actual inflation reduction. In fact, according to Heritage and Matthew Dickerson, who's the director for the federal budget at the Heritage Foundation— He says after more than a year of expressing his concerns about the inflation of impact, the impact of inflation, Senator Manchin has signed off on a massive tax and spending bill that would only push prices for working families even higher. Biden's one point nine trillion dollar American rescue plan, a stimulus spending bill in March twenty twenty one was the match that lit the inflationary fire. Well, now they're back for more. The so-called Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 only would add to the inflationary pain families are already feeling thanks to hundreds of billions in new government spending and job-destroying tax hikes. The legislation's proponents argue that over the next year, the bill's higher taxes would offset new spending. And it's true that recent massive federal deficits financed by the Federal Reserve and driven by excessive government spending have resulted in crippling inflation. But the Inflation Reduction Act doubles down on the same bad fiscal policy that has caused inflation in the first place. So the legislation increases taxes by more than $450 billion over the next decade, climbing to three quarters of a trillion dollars when the drug price controls that work like business taxes are counted, which is a massive tax increase in the middle of a recession. Businesses would face a new complicated alternative minimum tax calculation based on different accounting methods normally used for calculating taxes. This increases the tax burdens on employers, even if they're following the tax laws already on the books. And of course, there's a giant slush on for the IRS 78.9 billion dollars for the IRS, allowing the agency to ratchet up the number of audits that it is doing. It imposes price controls on prescription drugs that would result in reduced access for patients in need. It would advance the Green New Deal agenda. It it spends an astonishing 369 billion dollars in the name of, quote, decarbonizing all sectors of the economy. All of this on the heels of the Senate passing that 280 billion dollar corporate welfare bill. That was the bill that included some money for, for example, ramping up production of microchips, but included hundreds of billions of dollars for other stuff. And this is, I think, the essence of what Democrats are doing right now. They're just spending extraordinary oodles of money right now under the bizarre notion that this is going to drive down inflation, which, of course, it isn't. Now, the real question here is why Joe Manchin is signing on to all of it. Because, of course, again, Joe Manchin has made his bones right now by basically standing up to the Biden administration on things like Build Back Better. So Joe Manchin is moving along with this, which does raise the question as to what exactly Joe Manchin is getting out of all of this. Well, here is the thing. When it comes to your own business, you need to be getting the most out of your business. And this is why you need Podium. So if you know anybody who owns a small business, you know the past couple of years have been really, really rough whether it is supply chain issues or labor shortages, or whether it's just the simple fact that for a while, demand was down. Well, now is the time for your business to recover and recover strong. And this is why you need the best marketing tool available. I'm talking about the power of text. This is what Podium does for you. From healthcare providers to plumbers, over 100,000 businesses are texting with customers through Podium. Customers love the convenience. Businesses love the results. One car dealer sold a $50,000 truck in just four text messages. A jeweler sold a $5,000 ring and coordinated curbside pickup all through texts. With Podium's all-in-one inbox, you can do even more than just chat. You can get online reviews by sending an easy-to-use link or collect payments from anywhere. You can send marketing campaigns that actually get a response. You know, if a business cold calls me, the chances that I pick up are really, really low. But if I get a text from a business, particularly one that I'm working with, I'm going to read it. See how Podium can grow your business today. Watch a demo at Podium.com slash Shapiro. That is Podium.com slash Shapiro. Podium, let's grow. So what exactly did Joe Manchin get? According to the Wall Street Journal, Joe Manchin says that Democrats are, quote, committed to advancing a suite of common sense permitting reforms this fall that will ensure all energy infrastructure from transmission to pipelines and export facilities can be efficiently and responsibly built, meaning he's hoping that there will be some pork that comes home to West Virginia. But as the Wall Street Journal editorial board says, big if true, that promise to Mr. Manchin is going to cost Americans $433 dollars in spending and three hundred twenty seven billion dollars in taxes. The country does need streamlined permitting for building of all kinds, energy included. But nobody outside the negotiating room seems to know what specific reforms are in play and Manchin isn't saying. The Biden administration has already been making it worse in terms of environmental review to to get new pipelines done, for example. Mr. Manchin is out on a political limb. The permitting reform isn't a budget item, so it can't be wrapped into a tax and spend deal, which Democrats intend to pass with this 51 votes under reconciliation. Schumer says he wants to get that done before the August recess, At which point Manchin is at Pelosi's mercy. Why sign up for a $433 billion bill today when the permitting details aren't written down on a public sheet of paper? What if Pelosi just kills the bill on permitting immediately after Joe Manchin signs off on this $433 billion bill? Well, Joe Manchin, for his part, seems like um, he's been suckered into this thing. He's out there saying this bill is nonpartisan. It, of course, is not nonpartisan. There's not a single Republican vote for it in the Senate, like zero. Here is Joe Manchin on the Sunday shows.
2: For eight months, we worked on it. I couldn't get there with Bill Back Better. It was three and a half trillion dollars of spending. And this is a taking three and a half trillion dollars of spending down to $400 billion of investment that's definitely going to make a difference in America and everybody's pocketbook. It's not a Democrat bill. It's not a Republican bill. It's definitely not a green bill. This is a red, white, and blue bill. It's great for America.
0: I uh, know, actually, it is a green bill. I mean, it specifically says in there it's dedicating hundreds of billions of dollars to Green New Deal subsidy stuff. It raises taxes. Everybody outside of the like lowest earning Americans, people who earn lower than thirty thousand dollars a year, is going to see some tax increase under this bill, according to the Joint Committee on Taxation. Joe Manchin, however, he's saying, you know, there's nothing inflammatory. There's no, there's no. So why are you signing on? So why are you signing on? Well, the answer I think is twofold. One, Joe Manchin is getting extraordinary pressure from Democrats. He he has been battered about the ears by the entire media chatter and class for nigh on two years at this point. And apparently he can only stand up for so long. And the other is, again, he is hoping he'll be able to go back to West Virginia and say that they spent a bunch of money on my priorities. But again, the the priorities that he thinks he is getting some sort of deal for may never materialize. Nonetheless, Manchin was out there doing his job on the Sunday shows trying to prop up Joe Biden's agenda. He says there's nothing inflammatory in this bill.
2: Inflation is the greatest is the greatest challenge we have in our country right now in the round uh, in my state and around the country. So that's what we're fighting. And we started talking again. We got the bill down to where there's nothing inflammatory in this bill, even though there's some uh, naysayers. I'm sure you gonna always hear that, but there is nothing in that. We're paying down debt, $300 billion. We're increasing production as far as if you want to get the gasoline prices down, produce more energy and produce it here in America. That's what we're doing.
0: The stuff that he is saying is not in the bill. Okay, This notion that there's going to be a wild energy increase based on this bill is just nonsense. Spending $433 billion does not bring down inflation. It ramps up inflation. It is more dollars being pumped into the economy at the expense of less supply. So no, none of this is true. Mansion then was out there praising Joe Biden. He says, Joe Biden deserves credit if this giant bill passes. What
2: role did President Biden play in these negotiations, does he deserve any credit for this bill?
0: You don't do a bill
2: this this magnitude and this size without the president knowing what's going on, the president being involved in, to a certain extent, but also giving approval. And that's what President Biden did. And I'm forever grateful that we have an agreement and, uh, and a piece of legislation that's going to be really, I think, changing the whole landscape of America.
0: Okay, finally, Joe Manchin tried to buy it back a little bit. He was asked repeatedly if he wanted Democrats to win the midterms. And he's like, well, I don't know so much about that. He's trying to walk this middle line. But the problem is, once you sign on to this bill, you are now responsible for all the fallout of the bill, Senator Manchin.
2: Do you hope Democrats keep control of the House and Senate? I think people are sick and tired of politics, Chuck. I really do. I think they're sick and tired of Democrats and Republicans fighting and feuding and holding pieces of legislation, hostage because they didn't get what they wanted or something or someone might Mm -hmm. get credit for something. Why don't we start doing something for our country? Why don't we just say, this is good for America. I've always said the best politics is good government. Do something good, Chuck. But I'm not going to predict what's going to happen. I'm not asking you to predict. I just want to make sure we do something good and this is.
1: What result do you (laughs) want? Do you want the Democrats to keep control of the United States Senate and the House of Representatives?
2: Oh, I love, uh, you know, I'm not making those choices or decisions on that. I'm going to work with whatever I have. I've
0: always said that. So, Manchin deliberately trying not to say that he wants the Democrats to hold the Senate because it might remind his voters that he is, in fact, a Democrat in one of the reddest states in America. Well, Democrats aren't stopping their spending at Joe Manchin. They're also going to be raising spending in as many areas as they possibly can. We'll get to that in a moment. First, let's talk about how you make your business better. So during the summer, if you're like me, you might be spending some time on the road, and that means you really count on the best employees in the biz. I got some of my employees traveling with me. I've got Brandon and Colton and Kelly and Fabi. They all came with me over here to Jerusalem. We found a lot of those employees through ZipRecruiter. You can do the same. This is why you need ZipRecruiter to find great candidates. They do the work for you. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1, 2022. So it's time to soak up all that Summer has to offer and let ZipRecruiter do the hard work for you. Ready for the URL here? It comes ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. There, there are a bunch of problems here for, for the Democrats. One is that they are trying to blow more money into the economy. Like this, it, they are ideologically committed to the idea that more spending is good, which raises another one of the issues that came up over the weekend. So Jon Stewart is out there pushing a bill that is designed supposedly in order to make sure that people who are in the military and who have been around toxic substances get the health care that they need. And that is supposedly what this bill is about. I say supposedly because that's what the bill is about, but the Democrats also added a massive budget gimmick that essentially adds $400 billion in spending to the bill. They just added it right on top. Jon Stewart was out there pushing this bill because Jon Stewart doesn't know how legislation works. Jon Stewart is not a particularly sophisticated political player. I understand that he's been on TV for a very long time, and then he went absent for a very long time. But Jon Stewart is essentially like any other Hollywood activist. He reads the top line of articles and never reads to about paragraph four. Well, here's what happened with this bill. So There is a bill, and the bill included a bunch of health care provisions, to help U.S. military veterans who had been stationed around burn pits, which are pits that are essentially dug to dispose of waste at military sites. And the smoke has been seen to cause long-term respiratory illness in many of the exposed soldiers. so there was a bill to pay for their healthcare. The problem is that what Democrats then did is Democrats took a bunch of money in the bill and that money had been labeled as discretionary spending they were adding on top. And they shifted it over to what's called mandatory spending. Now, when they did that, which means that, under all circumstances, government shutdown, whatever. Under mandatory spending, the money must be spent. That didn't take the amount of money. That's his four hundred billion dollars. Didn't take it from discretionary, discretionary to mandatory, and then the four hundred billion dollars in discretionary spending just disappeared. All that did was it freed up four hundred billion dollars in discretionary spending. So that four hundred billion dollar slot still holds; it's still there. So through a budgetary gimmick, basically, Democrats took the discretionary spending. They said that we will call it mandatory. That didn't make the $400 billion that was discretionary, like in a big bag, shift over to the mandatory category. All it did was it added $400 billion in discretionary spending. It just meant that the $400 billion that had already been allocated now moves into the mandatory. But there's now a big $400 billion bag of cash that is out there under this bill. So Pat Toomey, who's a Republican from Pennsylvania, he opposed the bill. And this caused Jon Stewart to rail against Pat Toomey. Because again, He doesn't care how much the government spends. Democrats don't care how much. The 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 real question here is why Democrats did this gimmick in the first place. Why are Democrats trying to add $400 billion in slush fund spending to a bill that was designed to protect the health care of military veterans? Like every Republican has signed on to the idea of this bill, basically, without any sort of magical budget gimmick. Democrats have the budget gimmick. Suddenly, a bunch of Republicans drop off. It's not a coincidence. It's not because Republicans are desperate for a headline that says they oppose military veterans or something. It's because Democrats... Are screwing around with the budget. But John Stewart doesn't care about that, and so he's just railing against Republicans. America's heroes who fought in our wars
2: outside sweating their off with oxygen. Battling all kinds of ailments while these sit in the air conditioning, walled off from any of it. And Toomey doesn't care. He's not coming back. He's retired. God knows what pot of gold he steps into after this. This is corruption at its finest.
0: Okay, it's not corruption at its finest. It's not corrupt at all. In fact, corruption is when you stack a bunch of unrelated spending on top of a bill to protect military veterans. So Pat Toomey, for his part, he slapped back at John Stewart and basically said he's a pseudo-celebrity idiot.
2: This is the oldest trick in Washington, uh... people take a sympathetic group of americans and it could be children with an illness it could be victims of crime it could be veterans who've been exposed to toxic chemicals craft a bill to address their problems and then sneak in something completely unrelated that they know could never pass on its own and dare republicans to do anything about it because they know they'll unleash their allies in the media and maybe a a pseudo celebrity to make up false accusations to try to get us to just swallow what shouldn't be there. What I'm trying to do is change a government accounting methodology that is designed to allow our Democratic colleagues to go on an unrelated $400 billion spending spree that has nothing to do with veterans and that won't be in the veteran
0: space. Okay, Toomey is, of course, exactly correct about this. But the media and the Democrats are interested in two things. One, trying to portray Republicans as evil and terrible. I mean, for fighting the Inflation Reduction Act. That must be that you're in favor of inflation. If you're fighting this bill because you don't like the unrelated spending, it must be because you hate veterans. So that is game number one. And then game number two is that they actually like the spending, right? They love the spending. They want more spending. So the media are focused in right now on the magic of Jon Stewart. I mean, amazingly enough, John Carl was asking Jon Stewart if he wants to run for president or any other office based on this. Democrats are so upset with Joe Biden that they're now talking about dragging out geriatric comedians who used to be relevant when I was a teenager to, to try and run for president. Here's John Carl trying to uh, trying to get John Stewart to commit to running for president.
2: We have some precedent now. There's a there's a guy in Ukraine uh, who is a comedian who had a, a very popular show uh, uh, who is now uh, a president of Ukraine. Some people think he's a uh, he's a very good president. Uh, is there any chance you run for office? I mean, you know, a- any office at all? There's a chance that when I go down, I'm gonna come back down there to Washington, and I'm gonna join my brothers and sisters on the Capitol steps who have been sleeping out on Firewatch, Rosie Torres, a Burn Pits 360, Tim Jensen, a grunt style, and anyone else who wants to go down there and join them on the Capitol steps, and I will join them, and we will stay there until the United States government does the right thing by the men and women who fought to protect it.
0: So that's not a no, by the way. Well, John Stewart Contra, public opinion, is not a truth teller, but here is a harsh truth for a lot of men out there. ED is actually really, really common. In fact, 52% of dudes aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. Well, here's the good news. You can get that solved. Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben right now. You can speak to a U.S.-licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get 15 bucks off your very first month of treatment. The benefits of ED treatment can help you reconnect. With your spouse, Roman Ready is confidence personified. It means your biology is working the way that it is supposed to. It's system, completely confidential, totally discreet, no big logos or labels on the packages. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it'll ship to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is super simple. Just go to GetRoman.com Ben. Complete an online visit today. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. You can complete that online visit, connect with a U.S.-licensed healthcare professional, and get the problem fixed. Go to GetRoman.com Ben today. If you're prescribed, get 15 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control you need this summer. Roman ready. Politico put out a piece about four weeks ago in which they suggested that Tucker Carlson, if he runs for president, which is unlikely, then Jon Stewart should run for president. There's a piece by Juliana Glover, the CEO of Ridgely Walsh, a public affairs advisory firm. So in Politico, she was saying that Jon Stewart should run for president because, of course, this is the way that Democrats like to do politics. The way Democrats like to do politics, apparently, is to trot out a bunch of slogans without any actual backing. And then if you oppose the slogan, then this means that you are a bad person. And so Jon Stewart is sort of their ideal candidate. And this raises, in general the sort of way that the Democrats have been doing politics for quite a while. The fact that John Stewart is sort of a beloved figure on the left demonstrates how corrupt our politics is. Well, what's kind of amazing is that our politics has all basically become John Stewart writ large. So you remember John Stewart in the early 2000s, he had a show on Comedy Central, it's a very popular show, in which essentially his editors were the show. His editors, they would play a clip and he would make a funny face into the camera and everybody would laugh like trained seals. And then he would smirk And people would laugh some more, and then they'd play the next clip. That was essentially the Comedy Central show. Well, there was a point during his career, it was a very famous point during his career, when he went on Crossfire. Crossfire was a show on CNN, for those who are less than 20 years old. Crossfire was a show on CNN in which Tucker Carlson, in his much younger iteration, faced off with Paul Begala, and they would debate issues. This is when people like Tucker Carlson were still allowed on CNN. And it was kind of an interesting show. It was basically a Republican and a Democrat discussing the issues in a sort of fascinating way. And Jon Stewart decided this was really bad. So he went on Crossfire with Carlson and Bagala and then he chided them. He said, you're what's wrong with politics. Here's what that sounded like.
2: I made a special effort to come on the show today because I have uh, privately amongst my friends and also in occasional newspapers and television shows <laughs> mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, Bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and, and I wanted to, I felt that that wasn't fair. And I should come here and, and tell you that I don't, it's not so much that it's bad as it's hurting America. So I, I wanted to but come here today defense, let me, and say, here's just what I wanted to tell you guys. Yeah. Stop.
0: <laughs>
2: stop, 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 stop hurting America. Okay.
0: Okay, so it was hurting America for people to discuss the issues. Instead, what you needed was a comedian like Jon Stewart to scoff at headlines. And this is how you end up with the politics, where Jon Stewart goes out there and suggests that uh, Republicans want to kill military veterans because Democrats want to shell out $400 billion in extra spending under the table. It's that kind of politics that hurts America, right? The open debate kind of stuff that used to be de rigueur in American politics, that sort of stuff is gone. There are no shows on TV anymore in which a Republican and a Democrat discuss the issues. The only thing I've heard of like that is, fr- frankly, my Sunday special where I'll have Democrats on and we'll have actual talks about this stuff. But it's it's a rarity in American politics right now. Jon Stewart helped kill that. That is the that is the politics that was built by our mainstream media. That was the politics built by the legacy media. People like Jon Stewart, who, shockingly, John Carl now wants to run for president. Well, th- there's only one problem for for Democrats and their, and their media apparatchiks. The problem is that their plan, which is to ram through a bunch of spending, is not going to help. It's not going to work. The reason it's not going to work is because they seem to believe that when they throw money at problems, Americans remember this in a good way. That is not true. The only types of spending that Americans are very fond of in the long run are generalized entitlement programs. Americans get dependent on that sort of stuff, and then it's like a heroin fix, and they can't get off of it, which is why Barack Obama was rushing into law Obamacare over the objections of many in his own party. The, The idea was, if I get this thing embedded... In American law, then it'll be too late for anybody to do anything about it. This is true for all the welfare programs, for example. The person who is who is in charge of cutting spending on welfare programs is always the most unpopular guy in the block. This is why Paul Ryan, who's trying to do the important work of restructuring entitlements in the United States, who's basically run out of office on a rail because his priority was was doing the unpopular thing that is necessary in order to preserve the fiscal future of the country. But When Democrats do these sort of one-off spending bills, they're under the misimpression that voters care about that stuff. It is not true. All they are doing is ramping up the stagflation and voters are going to blame them for that. Remember, they spent $2 trillion last year in terms of COVID discretionary spending, the American Recovery Act. That American recovery plan was a full-scale inflationary disaster. Then they blew another trillion two into the economy based on infrastructure week. Does anyone remember these bills, by the way? How many voters are out there like, oh man, I wasn't going to vote for the Democrats. I wasn't really motivated. But then I remembered about the American recovery plan and infrastructure week. And now, man, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden and his friends. Nobody is like that. So Democrats seem to be under the misimpression that if they just spend money on random things, that this is going to redound to their benefit and that they're going to somehow make a comeback in the elections. And because they've had the Praetorian Guard of people like Jon Stewart in their corner for years, and they've created this unbelievably self-referential circle in which John Stewart praises the Democrats. The Democrats praise John Stewart. Then John Stewart might run for office as a Democrat while new media members praise John Stewart because they've created this little echo chamber for themselves. They can't hear outside the echo chamber. But it's not going to help them because, again, in the end, Democrats are going to have to run on their record. And their record here is of making the economy much, much worse. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and Jump into loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John to come home to as I slip into my Tommy John loungewear set. I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, well, if I have to walk to the park with my kids, I don't look like a schlub. And guys, you might be wondering how these things can get any better. Their underwear Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So what exactly are you waiting for? Try Tommy John today. You can thank me later. For silky soft comfort with sophisticated style, check out Tommy John's luxurious second skin, limited edition colors right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. They're going fast, so hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Ben. So Democrats have a backup strategy. Their backup strategy is that they're going to accuse Republicans of being radicals. We talked about this last week. They're openly saying this, that their goal is to accuse Republicans of being extremely radical. So Al Sharpton, this is is an amazing thing. Al Sharpton, who legitimately was involved in the incitement of at least two riots in New York City. Al Sharpton, who's one of the great race baiters in American history. Al Sharpton is one of the most corrupt people in American politics who shakes down corporations by threatening them with protesters outside their headquarters unless they give money. It's like the National Action Network. Al Sharpton, who still has a show on MSNBC, is saying that there are Republican extremists like Marco Rubio and Mitt Romney because they can't run against Trump Trump ain't on the ballot. So instead, what they're going to do is they're going to run against everybody. Everybody is a radical Republican, according to the Democrats. So here's Al Sharpton going after Mitt Romney and Marco Rubio for the great crime of not voting in favor of enshrining same-sex marriage into federal law. Take
3: Florida Senator Marco Rubio. He says he's voting against the bill because it's, quote, a stupid waste of time, unquote. Considering Rubio once compared the size of his hands to Donald Trump's, perhaps the good senator is not the best judge of frivolous behavior. Utah Senator Mitt Romney told Politico he hasn't given the bill much consideration. Apparently, he never formed an opinion on the topic. Despite being governor of Massachusetts, when the state became the first in the nation to recognize gay marriages in 2004, Republican senators tried to portray themselves as a cut above their rabble rousing colleagues in the House. Right now, they have the opportunity to prove they are capable of representing all Americans, not just their
0: base. By the way, you're now a radical if you don't even have an opinion on the subject. So if you're Mitt Romney and just try to move away from the subject, that makes you a radical as well. Meanwhile, Democrats are actively propping up the most radical Republicans in every primary they can find. And James Carville is defending this, both ethically and as a matter of politics.
2: The idea of a political campaign is to win the election. It acts in its own interest. And it, let's take Pennsylvania. It, it clearly was in Josh Shapiro's interest that the Republicans nominate Doug Mastriano, I would I've done the same thing. I would do the same thing. I don't see any any ethical or moral problem with doing this. And again, I I think most of the opposition to this is from the pontifical class, mostly located on the coast.
0: Yeah, it, uh, amazing, amazing stuff. So their their backup plan is Republicans are so radical they can't be trusted with power. Also will help them get nominated in primaries so that we can run against them. So who exactly really is radical in American politics? Well, my suggestion is that. It is the Democrats who are significantly more radical than the Republicans, particularly when it comes to social issues. And you can see it on pretty much every social issue. So to take an example, when it comes to monkeypox, it it is a source of constant amazement to me that there is a very easy solution to monkeypox. There are actually two. One is there is a vaccine. That vaccine needs to be more widely available. The FDA has prevented it from being more widely available. So that is solution number one. And the federal government's already screwing that up. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former commissioner of the FDA and a senior fellow at American Enterprise Institute, right, one of the loudest voices during COVID. He now suggests that the CDC has failed on monkeypox again. He says, our country's response to monkeypox has been plagued by the same shortcomings we had with COVID. If monkeypox gains a permanent foothold in the United States and becomes an endemic virus that joins our circulating repertoire of pathogens, it will be one of the worst public health failures in modern times, not only because of the pain and peril of the disease, but also because it was extremely avoidable. There is limited testing access. There was not enough stockpile of a vaccine, even though the vaccine was widely available. Okay, but that's really not the, the, ex, the most extreme response to monkeypox. The most extreme response to monkeypox continues to be the complete unwillingness of anyone in the media chattering class or in the Democratic Party to simply say, stop having gay orgies. I understand that this is unpopular with a particular segment of the Democratic base, but. You guys literally advocated for the shutdown of all of American life, all of it, kids going to school, going to the park with your children, being able to go to work, killing hundreds of thousands of small businesses. For COVID, an airborne virus, this is a virus that has passed almost entirely between gay men having sex with one another. And you can't say, stop having sex with randos. You can't say it. According to the East Bay Times, Amid a burgeoning monkeypox outbreak that has so far disproportionately affected gay and bisexual men. I I love the idea that it's like, well, it's just random. I mean, it's, it's just randomly. The rain is randomly falling on this group. No, it's actually connected with the behavior that people are engaging in that is passing the monkeypox. Okay, this is direct. Bay Area public health officials and organizers of one of the region's most beloved LGBTQ events are walking a difficult line between preventing the spread of the virus while fighting the stigma of the virus as a disease limited to the LGBTQ community. Well, why is that? I have a question. I have a question. Why exactly are those two things in conflict? Why why does it create a stigma as a disease limited to the LGBTQ community by saying don't engage in promiscuous sex with one another because that's going to lead to spread of the disease? I mean, it seems to me there's more of a stigma attached to gay promiscuity already not to gay people generally. Like, monogamous gay people are not spreading monkeypox. That is not what's happening right now. According to the East Bay Times, despite San Francisco officials' declaration of a public health emergency over the monkeypox virus, organizers of Dora Alley, a Live Out Loud leather and fetish festival that's been a favorite among LGBTQ communities in the Bay Area since the 80s, said Friday they intend to hold the festival this weekend. The San Francisco event, expected to draw 5,000 people, comes amid deep anxieties across the LGBTQ community over the outbreak which has proliferated amid a shortage of vaccines, confronting a disease that has primarily affected men who have sex with men. Again, can we, this sort of language, affected men who have sex with men, is passed between men who have sex with men. Affected. Okay, affected suggests like cancer, or you're in a crowded room, COVID. Okay, that, no, you engaged in activity you knew was extremely risky, and you did it anyway, and now you're passing it. Now you won't say to stop the activity. So apparently the one activity in American public life in which we cannot expect anyone to have any sense of self-control is gay orgies. That's the big one. The confluence of issues has raised difficult questions for door alley organizers, public health officials, and LGBTQ advocates, even as they press ahead with the festival. If people are not educated and they don't know the risk, of course, it's a very, very high risk possibility to be a spreader, said Joe Hawkins, director of the Oakland LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign community center. But his organization has made a point not to dissuade people from attending the party you can tell people do not do this and i just think that here in this country people have a problem with that he said and the the, the left wing view is that you can literally tell people not to go to work keep their kids home from school stop going to religious services don't visit your parents when they are sick in the hospital and don't go to funerals but you can't tell gay men not to have sex with each other in extraordinary numbers you can't you can't do that 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 would, that would be really bad officially called up your alley this weekend's festival is the smaller more Bay Area-centric cousin, to the internationally known Folsom Street Fair in September, which attracts upward of 75,000 people from around the world. Spanning four blocks, Door Alley includes a fair Sunday that features rope performances, go-go dancing, and vendors selling a wide array of sex toys. Many clubs also plan to host side events through the weekend. Side events. Yet while LGBTQ sex parties in other parts of the nation have been canceled, event organizers and public health leaders in San Francisco are taking a different approach. The San Francisco AIDS Foundation has actively encouraged people to attend the event while also listing safety advice on its website for prospective attendees, including sticking to less crowded areas and attending fewer events that feature skin-to-skin contact. There's never been a better time to dress from top to bottom in latex or leather, the organization said. Keeping your skin covered is a surefire way to prevent exposures to monkeypox. I mean, there's there are a few other ways, actually, as it turns out. But again, we're not allowed to, to say any of this because the Democratic Party has decided that certain activities are not only only requiring of tolerance, they're active goods. And these are the people who are the non-extremists. It's the Republicans who are extreme because Marco Rubio and Mitt Romney aren't going to vote in favor of a bill that essentially mandates same-sex marriage as the law of the land. That's really extreme. Not extreme is actively advocating that people go to giant sex festivals in the middle of a monkeypox outbreak. That That is the not extreme. Well, Democratic radicalism does not stop with, you know, promoting sex festivals in the middle of a monkeypox outbreak. There are other radical social policies this administration also enjoys let get to that in a moment. First, you may have noticed that there has been a spike in crime in America's major cities over the past couple of years. Now, we've seen and talked on the show about the idea that good guys with guns help stop bad guys with guns. And many times when that happens, those people become heroes. Sometimes, however, they get prosecuted because here is the thing. Using a gun is a really complex process. It's not enough to legally and safely own a firearm to protect your family. If you want to protect yourself and your loved ones, you have to be prepared for the mental, physical, and legal ramifications of self-defense, which is why I'm a member of the U.S. Concealed Carry Association, and you should be too. Right now, the USCCA is giving away a free concealed carry and family defense guide and a chance to win 1000 bucks to buy a firearm to protect yourself and your family. free. Just text BEN to 87222. In this 58-page defense guide, you'll learn how to detect attackers before they see you, what the USCCA has learned about school shootings, equipment and training basics. You'll learn about the law and justice systems and how to responsibly own and store a gun, particularly if you have small kids the way that I do. Text BEN to 87222 for instant access to this free guide. Enter for the chance to win a thousand bucks to put toward a firearm to protect your family. Text BEN to 87222 right now to get started. All right, folks, meanwhile, Harry's Razor used to advertise on our shows, right? You know this, right? You remember. Well, one time, one of our hosts, who shall remain nameless, Michael Mills, he said that men are not girls and girls are not boys, et cetera. Well, this made Harry's really mad because one follower with like two Twitter followers actually tweeted at Harry's and Harry's like, I will pull our large advertising contract over this. Well- We did what anyone naturally would do. We launched our own razor company. It's called Jeremy's Razors, the greatest razors known to man. Every Jeremy's Razors kit comes with a premium razor, two sets of blades, shaving cream, aftershave balm. It's a beautiful thing to behold. And here's the thing. You know that your money isn't going to people who hate your guts. Instead, give your money to us. Go to IHateHarrys.com. Get your Jeremy's Razors today. There's a reason over 70,000 kits have already shipped. So join us at IHateHarrys.com. Get your Jeremy's Razors right now. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So what are some of the other very not-extreme Democratic policies? Again, remember, they are running on two things. We're going to spend oodles of money, and also our opponents are really, really radical. And then— it turns out that when it comes to social politics and fiscal politics and pretty much every other kind of politics, it's the Democrats who are extremely radical. Well, among the quote-unquote non-radical Democratic policies are a cram down from the federal government in the form of Title IX that would vastly expand Title IX to include sexual and gender identity. Okay, well, so the idea here is that according to the Biden administration, they're going to use Title IX, which is designed to protect women, right? It's like women's sports, it's it's against sexual discrimination, and it's meant to. Prevent discrimination against, you know, a class of people known as biological women. Because when Title IX was written back in 1965, that's what woman meant. There was no idea that woman meant men who said he was a woman. But now the Democrats have decided that it does. And so now they're attempting to cram down a proposal that is going to extend protections under the law to include schools' obligation not to discriminate based on sex stereotypes, sex characteristics, pregnancy or related conditions, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Which means that... You could be forced in a school to call people by the opposite sex, or you could be in violation of federal law. This is extraordinarily radical stuff, obviously, and it's part and parcel of a broader left-wing agenda to destroy truth and destroy the nature of biological sex and to pretend there's no difference whatsoever between men and women. Well, now Florida is fighting back. The state of Florida is saying that its state should basically just ignore the federal government's guidance, Florida Education Commissioner Manny Diaz Jr. told school officials to ignore the guidelines entirely. He sent letters Thursday to superintendents, school boards, private school owners, and charter school governing boards that said guidance documents from the U.S. Department of Education and the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Agriculture, for all the LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign farmers out there, are not binding law and asked school officials to refuse to change their practices. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is involved in things like school lunch programs, similarly announced in May, it would begin interpreting Title IX to include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. So the idea is that if your local school does not call boys girls and girls boys and facilitate social transitioning, then they will deny school lunches to the other kids. Diaz said, quote, specifically, for example, nothing in these guidance documents requires you to give biological males who identify as female Access to female bathrooms, locker rooms or dorms to assign biological males who identify as female to female rooms on school field trips or to allow biological males who identify as female to compete on female sports teams. But in a news release last month, the U.S. Department of Education Secretary Miguel Cardona said the guidelines in part will, quote, ensure all our nation's students, no matter where they live, who they are or whom they love, can learn, grow and thrive in school. According to Governor DeSantis appearing in in Tampa over the weekend. He said, basically, this would be for elementary school kids where they're instructed to tell them, well, you may have been born a boy. That may have been what you said, but maybe you're really a girl. That's wrong. That has no place in school. That's happening in our country. Anyone that tells you it's not happening is lying to you. And of course, DeSantis is exactly right. Now, the left is scared of DeSantis because the idea is DeSantis is the quote-unquote extremist. What exactly makes Ron DeSantis so extreme? Well, one of the things that makes him so extreme, according to Democrats, is that he says that he is going to sue a bar that hosts drag shows with kids Which um, sounds correct to me. It seems like child endangerment to me to bring children to shows where men dress as women and gyrate around in sexualized fashion. That does not seem like raising a child in a healthy fashion. DeSantis said it used to be people have different views about what they want to do as adults, but it used to be kids are off limits. No one wanted to bring the kids into any of this stuff. We've got to get back to that. Florida is attempting to revoke the liquor license at our house, a Miami area bar. It complains details numerous incidents in which children were allegedly exposed to explicit sexual content there with the full knowledge of the bar. In one instance, a male dancer wearing a G-string stuffed with dollar bills with his buttocks fully exposed paraded a young girl aged three to five through the restaurant while holding her hand, according to the complaint. In another instance, a presumably male dancer gyrated and pole danced in revealing women's clothing while waving dollar bills. Our house was not only aware that that kids may have been present, uh, present during such performances, it also offered a children's menu for kids 12 and under. So who's the extremist here? Who's really, really extreme? Is it Ron DeSantis? Or is it people like AOC who's going on national television talking about how men who dress up as women and gyrate around on television are actually the greatest among us? Here was AOC over the weekend.
3: The people who change what people think are artists and drag queens and let's not forget who threw that first brick at Stonewall. Yes. And, you know, that is what led to us passing the Equality Act in the House in this term, marriage equality. It starts with you. I mean, you're patriots. You are. You are. Ooh, you are patriots. And I'm so proud of you all. I'm so proud to live in this country with you and with your mother and with all of us as family.
0: Thank you, Carl. Oh, we love you. So um, I, I have a question. Who seems more extreme here? Who seems more radical? Well, Tulsi Gabbard is out there on the uh, on the Democratic side, and she has been moving steadily away from the Democratic Party on these issues because she's not an insane person. And she says, you know, the Democrats who are fighting in favor of the idea that quote-unquote gender-affirming health care, meaning puberty blockers and surgeries on kids, that that this is a good thing. Democrats moving in that way are um, are engaging in child abuse. Here's Tulsi Gabbard over the weekend.
1: The FDA made a disturbing but not at all surprising announcement just a few days ago about children's health. Now, if you haven't heard about it or if you missed it, it's because the mainstream media and the Biden-Harris administration have been completely silent on it. This warning that the FDA issued was basically saying that puberty blockers can cause serious health risks for our kids. Unfortunately, at almost the exact same time the FDA issued this warning, Biden-Harris administration officials were making public statements actively promoting the use of puberty blockers and irreversible surgeries for kids. Now, let's be clear. This administration is dangerously promoting child abuse.
0: Tulsi Gabbard, Democrat, and she happens to be correct about this. So who exactly is the radical here? Who exactly is the, is the radical group here? I think the answer is pretty obvious to anyone with a brain. And Democrats who continue to maintain that it's radical Republicans who are a threat to the country while they toss trillions of dollars, bad money after bad money, into an inflationary economy while they ratchet up taxes, while they promote radical, insane social policy. It seems pretty obvious to Americans which way this is going to go, which is why— No matter the Democrats are now proclaiming their newfound enthusiasm for 2022, things are going to go a lot worse than they think they're going to go in November. Well, we'll be back here later today with additional content. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Knowles Show that's available right now at dailywireplus.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Bradford Carrington. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Savannah Dominguez-Morris. Editor, Adam Saievitz. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup artist and wardrobe, Fabiola Cristina, Production coordinator, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2022.
1: The Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act will exacerbate inflation, according to a new study. The very, very vaccinated Joe Biden, you'll be shocked to hear, has tested positive for COVID twice in two weeks. And San Francisco refuses to let monkeypox stop its citywide gay leather festivities. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. This show is brought to you by HelixSleep.com. Sleep is absolutely critical, especially as you get older, but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find a mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has you covered. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix Midnight Mattress because I want a medium firmness and a sleep on my side. So far, my new mattress is a godsend. Don't want to take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, you won't believe how well you sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is just a few clicks away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire code HELIXPARTNER20.